said to Israel, listen, I'm the one that fed you with manna. Haven't I read it to you? He said, I did it deliberately to humble you. <laughs> so when your money's short, that's a humility pill in there somewhere. God knows how you hate to ask anybody for anything. So he sets it up that you must ask somebody this time. And that he will make sure that they will really have that attitude that gets to you. And as soon as you say, Jesus, how much? You say, well, just don't, don't, don't whoa, 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 whoa. Say, good. Two more weeks. <laughs> He's in there somewhere. I discovered that God was trying to liberate me from depending on the man to give me my own resource. But my mind couldn't reach it. I said, why would he be? I said, God, I'm there sitting there praying. I said, well, why would you allow him to be doing this to me? Why is he mocking me? And then he looks at me and says, hmm, I know what you're thinking. You know your problem is you don't have faith. I said, let's switch checks. Let's see who has faith. <laughs> hey, give me your big check. I give you my little check. Let's see who has faith. And when I was telling my brother that, he said, Chica, you know, you don't understand. I said, what do I understand? Are you joining him? You know, when people trying to tell you the truth, you think they're taking sides. I said, are you joining him? He said, no, it's his faith that brought you and everybody else there. That's where he got his check from. Your faith hasn't brought anybody. That's why you're broke. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, okay. That's why I overlook some of you. You think you, you just got here. No, it's God that routed you here. Hmm? You think all this stuff is just working. It just happened. Just move over, Apostle. I can do it, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know God was trying to deliver me from dependence on man. That's what I'm living now. Amen. Otherwise, I'll be hassling you. Every time the enemy attacks financially, then I'll come and put out my, I saw one bishop, he said, well, I don't know why people are talking about this. If I need anything, I come here and put out my bucket. You guys put the money I need. I said, hallelujah. <laughs> I said, well, I am way beyond that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are walking in the rain, beloved. Where eagles fly. Hallelujah. Where ravens bring dinner. Hallelujah. And we don't know how it will happen. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you this morning, make up your mind. You are not going to keep taking the same test over and over. It's time for you to shut up. It's time for you to take correction. It's time for you to get the right attitude. So you can get into the blessing. Hallelujah. And right there, under the same man, God taught me the covenants and practices. And all of a sudden, my money wasn't running out. How do you explain that? How? $300 a month, and God takes 100 And I lived off of 200 I never ran out of money. I know some of you, I just saw a figure, 500. I know somebody sitting in here, and maybe you got 500 a week, or after you pay this 500, and you're already moment, what are we gonna do with it? That's not enough money. We need more money. No, you need glory. God said, when you tithe, he didn't say, I will send you money. He said, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out. Hallelujah. You need the blessing. Ooh, glory to God. How many of you will open your life this morning for the blessing to come down and sit on you? Come sit on you. He said, you don't have enough room to contain it. And preachers are running from it, thinking that, oh, you know, I still have a lot of room. How many of you got? I said, yeah, because you're looking at money. You don't need money. You need glory. He said, for all have sinned and come short. It's the glory that was stolen. It's the glory that needs to be restored. Hallelujah. And when the glory returns, the gold goes with the glory. I said, God, How? How? My car was running 10 miles a gallon. See how quiet he got. <laughs> That's what my car was doing. Then tell me how I couldn't run out of money. That's why I say all, all over the world, whether you believe it or not, I don't care. It happened. I don't know if an angel was putting money in my pocket or God was multiplying it, but every time I put my hand in my, that right pocket, you notice, that's where it just came out. That right pocket, that was my bank. There was money in there. Hmm. I, I was brought into a realm that I didn't know was possible. And I told you I was in the studio praying in the dark. And all of a sudden, this uh, Toyota Avalon, when it just came out in, in 95, was it 2005? I don't know. 95. Yes. It came, came this way, pulled this way, and the brakes were applied, and, and brake lights came on, and then the vision ended. So God must be trying to give me a car. You, you're making 300 a month. He takes 100. Isn't that a third? Some of you are still struggling with a tent. <laughs> Go to 30%. Hmm. And then he don't deliver you by somebody giving you a used car. Or you buying, you know, some jalabi. 
I don't know what jalopy you can even get with 200 and still eat. No, he makes a leap to a brand new Toyota Avalon, fully loaded, 10 disc changer in the trunk, moonroof, all leather. Hallelujah. I said, who is going to pay for this? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm paying. I said, God, I preach against those things. He said, that's what you're preaching. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about what you're preaching. This is what I'm doing. And I got to the dealership. As soon as I walked in, that car was sitting there, green, with gold things, just as the vision said. And here comes Satan. There's this other one on the side. You see, when God is training your manners, that's when you learn to do as he was shown you. You remove personal discretion. This white one, two-tone. You know when they were doing those two-tone, they, they put like, I don't know what color that is, like uh, something kind of rose-type clothes, and then on, like rust on the bottom, and white on top, and then the leather and the moonroof. And, and every time I would go sit in it, even though I like it on the outside, I just, like, I'm under attack. And then I'll get out. I didn't know. You see, I told you, you have to learn to be looking for God. That's when he was teaching me the glory test. I didn't know what it was. I'll get in the green. I'll get in the white. I need to describe it because that's what some of you are going through. And you don't know that's what's messing with you. He's telling you, turn back. These are demons. <laughs> I mean, and I kept going back and forth, back and forth. I was there all day long going through this. My brother was visiting, the one that preached recently. I called him, okay. I said, okay, come here. Come to the dealership and help me make a decision. He said, what is it? And I told him, he said, okay, I'm on my way. And I waited. An hour went by. Two hours went by. He hadn't shown up. So I called him up. I said, well, what happened to you? He said, I don't know. I can't find my keys. I said, don't worry. I know who took it. <laughs> this one is not the queen of heaven. <laughs> I just went and signed the documents and drove off. And God paid for that car in three years. It was financed for five. How you pay off a car and you are broke? Hey. Because you went from brokenness into glory. That's why we are debt free now. That's why Iguan is here. That's why Glory for USA is here. It is still the same glory carrying us. Can God train your attitude? He says, Israel. It took them 40 years to learn a 40-day lesson. And my spirit is grieved because many of us, we go, come to church, we shout, we receive all this glory and blessing, and then we go home. We take no wrong. We answer every word. We fight to the teeth. Where are you going? To the ditch. Amen. 
Let me read this to you. Look at First Kings. First Kings twenty one. So, if you start from the top, you see how Ahab took Naboth's vineyard that Jezebel arranged. Then while he was there, now that they have murdered Naboth, Elijah comes to meet Ahab. Look at verse 17. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whether he is gone down to? Come on, believers, eh? beloved resurrection agents. Can you grant God his place in your life that he knows what's going on? He knew where Ahab was. He saw what happened to Naboth. He allowed it to happen. And he knew. And he said to Elijah, go there, meet Ahab, because he's there in the vineyard of Naboth. See, because that's what messes up your attitude. You forget that God is involved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He knows who is doing what. He knows who is saying what. And when you trust him, when you trust him, that's what changes your attitude. You can't say you trust God and then you're a Jezebel or Ahab. You trust God by humbling yourself. Watch this. He said, behold, he's in the vineyard of Naboth, whether he's gone down to possess it. God saw the whole thing. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, thus saith the Lord, has thou killed and also taken possession? Because people fight because they don't think that God knows. Don't think that God sees. So you're walking on belief with your eyes wide open. That's why you can't stop striving. A man that trusts God can hold their tongue. All right, I heard what you said. But I know he heard it too. I remember when my brother was in Rochester. This was a preacher recently. Was in Rochester, New York. He did his nephrology there, you know, the kidney doctor. And the people loved him. And they were fighting over him who would give him a job first. But there's a white guy, or Caucasian, I don't know, this day and time. (laughs) Everything has to be politically correct. Okay. So Caucasian guy that helped him get the scholarship to come. So he heard about the commotion behind the scene. All these people are fighting to get him. 
So he came to him and said, why didn't you tell me that these people all wanted you? He said, well, they just talked to me. I mean, I don't, nothing is definite, nothing. I haven't been offered anything. He said, well, you know why you need to talk to me because after all, I'm the one that brought you here. You can't take anything here without my approval. And my brother got up and said, I'm a son of God. God may have used you to bring me here, but I'm letting you know now, I will not take any job from any one of you. And I'm packing up and I'm returning to Nigeria. He said, whoa. He said, no, no. He said, the honor of God will never be trampled on by a man. This is what America don't know. When you are fighting and making noise, it shows you don't have faith. You lack power. It takes strength to be still. And know. Things that God could have resolved in two months. Here you're going years. It's not resolved because you can't submit to anything. And some of you will not just sink alone. You go start talking to others to bring them into your stuff. Isn't that what you all preach in America? Misery loves company. Is that crabs in the basket? Mm -hmm. Watch. My brother packed up. And we were wondering, okay, come on. You know, he said, no. He touched something in the realm of the spirit. And if I yield to it, I would lose something with God. It's God that gave me the scholarship, not him. He packed up. He said, while he was packing up, he said, okay, let me check, make sure. He went and prayed. And God said, go home. He got home. They didn't have a car. They didn't have anything. No job. Nothing. And he was returning to Lagos University Teaching Hospital. How much were they paying? So... He heard that the, ooh, let me hurry up and get out of this story and get to the text. He heard that the Swedish ambassador to Nigeria was selling his Volvo. I'm trying to show you what a winning attitude will get you. That when the honor of God is more important to you than being right. So he went to God and said, Lord, now you told me to come back and we need a car. We don't have a car, you know, and the Swedish ambassador is selling his Volvo. So, I don't even remember how that worked or how, that, how God gave him the money. And he went and bought this Volvo. And then God did something else. You see, these realms will stay closed until you meet God's standard. Oh, okay, that's it. From Luth, from that Lagos University Teaching Hospital, they sent him on a conference, I think, I don't know, somewhere in Europe. And he met this company called Fresenius, who saw him and just took liking. Aren't we believing for supernatural relationships? They just liked him. And they gave him machines, dialysis machines, and everything on credit. He came back. 
<laughs> they said, well, wait a minute. You haven't passed the Nigerian exam. You didn't finish the American one. You know, finish residency to get the thing. So you need to take the Nigerian one. I said, but God evidently didn't notice that he hadn't passed. He was already setting up the practice. <laughs> he said he sat down and studied and took the, and people were telling him, why are you wasting money? Some of us have tried seven times. We haven't passed it. Eh? Why well, you just came back? So take your time. He ignored them. He took it. And then they told him, well, you barely passed. I said, oh, that's all that matters. <laughs> passed. <laughs> he passed. Whether he barely or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next thing that happened was he found a man with a house. Wow. So, by the time Fresenius machines landed, he had a place to put them. And then, God led him to a man that supplied him the beds. You don't understand what I'm saying. This was when there was no credit. And God was creating his own economy. Hey, what will happen in your life if you will move God today? If God will look down and see you take the wrong. And hear the groanings of your heart and he will descend. And show man who he is. Beloved, just sitting here, I am just enjoying this word, the power of this word. It's stronger than anything Satan can put out. If you receive these, these words, your miracles will astound you. This is what has been holding you hostage. You've been asking God, Lord, what is wrong? Tell me. He just sent the word to heal you. And to deliver you. You don't need to ask any further. You don't need to pray any further. You don't need anything else. This is it. The winning attitude. Humility. God said to me, humility is a weapon of warfare. Excuse me. He said, and Satan has no solution for it. You would have thought that God's people would be rushing to humble themselves. No, we defend to the nth degree. We always have an answer. And at the end of the day, we just sit there spinning our wheels like a, a car stuck in the mud and the tires are going, oh, but there's no movement. You'll be smoking, but you're stuck. And many times while you're doing that, the thing sinks deeper in the mud. Until now, you need a bulldozer or something to pull you out. <laughs> it's called spinning your wheels. I practiced all these things and retired from them permanently. Permanently. And I've been tried in all kinds of ways. So I'm not even taking the journey. I know what that is. I know where it's going. I don't need the stress. I don't need to be up all night praying. No, if I do, it's because God's calling me. And I'm fellowshipping with him. Not because I'm in crisis. <laughs> no. Your blood pressure will be low. 
<laughs> Your health will return. Glory to God. Are you ready to win? We are showing you how. 770-994-3777. Ask God to forgive you. Make commitments to change and begin a new walk. Your peace will return. And even while I'm uttering, your peace will return. The scripture fired off in my spirit. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. There's a miracle that's about to happen quickly. As soon as you embrace humility, your peace will return and the God of peace will bring Satan under your feet and crush him. This is your ticket, your win, some winning attitude, your miracle, your breakthrough. 770-994-3777. Would you have the humility to put your seed in the ground to support the voice of resurrection so this word, this voice will be heard around the world? <clears throat> we are a self-contained ministry. We don't even raise money internally, let alone externally. We are contained. We have the money we need to function. But this is for outreach. This is for the, the hospital, the, the, the feeding program, and all the things the foundation is doing around the world. We don't trumpetize them. But they're still ongoing. They're still ongoing. One of the major challenges we have in Nigeria is power. How to maintain 24-hour power. To keep the reagents you use for testing fresh. Otherwise, when you do blood tests and check things, you get inaccurate results. That's one of the whole things. And then when you try to invest in solar, the capital you know, the, the, is so capital intensive to install. And after all the millions, it still produces so little power. That is what, that's what frustrates me with solar. They need to get up the technology so that when you spend all this money, then you get some power. These things run in the millions. In Naira, then they say you can't even carry an air condition. Then what's the point? We need an air condition going in the surgery, in the theater. Don't want the doctor sweating and sweat my drip from his face and fall into somebody's body. And now we have a crisis. <clears throat> and to fund that thing, generate a diesel is so expensive. I'm just showing you the things money is needed for. Those of you that are blessed and in the comfort of America, Look away. Your money will go so far. Your one dollar will heal so many. Deliver so many. Provide. Drinking water. We need to pave the road so people can get to the treatment. I need a million dollars. In America, one mile costs three, four million. But a million dollars can pave miles and miles of roads for me. And people can get to receive. If you see what happens during the rainy season, it will break your heart. Even SUVs are struggling, let alone the little mopeds and stuff they use, or bicycles, or people be walking through the woods to get past these oceans on the road. I said, God, we can do something. Touch somebody. Touch somebody to help us get these things done. We love you, beloved. I got to go. God bless you. See you tomorrow. <laughs>